but I'm not ready for us to leave this gas station quite yet, Kyle. <laughs> Let's run inside the convenience store and grab our opinions really quick. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Kecleon proves you can teach an old generation new tricks. February's Community Day is set to boom burst your bubble in a good way. Let's hear about those Pokemon Go underdogs with this week's Pokepole. These dragon and fairy types won't catch themselves. Let's go. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 221. It is January 10th, yet another Tuesday evening. Yes, we're back in the saddle of Tuesdays. We had recorded, uh, what, on Wednesday? Was it two weeks in a row, Kyle? Two weeks prior to this, I think? Yes. Yes, so it's kind of nice to be back in the safe haven that is a Tuesday evening. The familiarity just breeds comfort. Big fan. (laughs) But... Uh, I'm your host, Chris, as always, and I'm joined by uh, my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. That's good to hear. All yeah. right. No complaints. The, the, the uh, Twinkling Fantasy event is live right now. Have you had a chance to mess with any of it? It went live, I believe it was today. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, bits and pieces, uh, catching some fairy types, mostly. That's kind of about it. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, not even before the show started, you were like, oh, wow, uh, Wild Noibat, look at that! Yeah, <laughs> no, it's pretty cool. I took um a little adventure sync walk today, uh, wherein, as I was telling you prior to the show, I, I did get a chance to be uh, made very sad by Galarian Moltres, but I'm thankful for the opportunity, Niantic. Thanks so so much. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, but I did see a handful of Noibats, and it was great. So, man, this event is shaping up to be a lot better than I initially thought, and everybody else seems to be in high spirits about it. So that's great. Uh, But before we get started here for real, a shout out to uh, our patron community. Thank you all so, so much for your support. You make this show possible and we very much appreciate you. Uh, So thank you again. And more about Patreon and patronage at the end of the show. Okay, Mr. Kyle, we set some goals last week. It was over the weekend that did have Chespin Community Day. So we had some shiny goals. Yeah. uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So you and I got the chance to meet up for this community day, um, which is not always the case. Uh, we got to hang out and catch some shiny Cheshpian. And it was a it was an experience. It was nice to walk around and do some stuff again. But let's revisit those shiny goals, shall we? Uh, for yourself, you set a goal of 20 shiny Cheshpian. How did you fare? Uh, I Not well. Not well. Not one well. of my worst community days like in recent memory where oh i've actually gosh. tried for shinies wow yeah um i i can attest i was there live <laughs> yeah i got 12 yeah not uh, good <laughs> not the best uh well let's see on the other side of the fence here 25 shiny chestbin for myself you know, I also didn't make it. I got 21, so I didn't, you know, I got a little bit closer. I definitely fared a little bit more luckier than Kyle did, uh, but I also didn't make a usual milestone that we yeah. would catch. So, And I, I didn't catch, like, any earth-shattering number of chessmen. I caught, like, 500 because it wasn't insane. Mm-hmm. But 12 and 500 is really bad odds for Community Day. 
Yeah, that's uh, still very unlucky. I think I at the end of the day, I had to end up caught like 600 or 650, something like that. But you and I were also experiencing a bit of client side well, seemingly client side lag uh, where we could not really click on chess spin, regardless of being on or off Wi-Fi um, or it was just taking a really long time. So, you know, I think without that, we might have been able to squeeze in another 50 or so. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Just it wasn't it wasn't the day for shinies. Definitely not. Definitely not. But it was nice to hang out again. So uh, I'll take that to the bank for sure. You had two other goals, though. Let's take a look at those. A shiny Reshiram. No, didn't happen. Gosh. Reshiram Reshiram is my bane right now. Oh, no. He was born in the darkness. Uh, you immediately adapted it. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, what about your shiny Gengar? Did you best buddy that guy? I did. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right well before done. the show, I remembered. I was like, wait, I had one more day. I got to do it. <laughs> People don't need to know that. That's okay. All right. So you're looking at a one out of three this week. Uh, very good. Well, it's good to see. You know, you're on the board. That's nice. Um, for myself, besides the shiny goal, which I did not quite meet, 100 eggs, which I did. I was at 104 or something like that. 50 kilometers walked. No, sadly, I was like, I think, 12 or something like that under that goal. Uh, so I'm going to have to, uh, you know, try harder this week. 50 kilometers is already on my goals for this upcoming week. So uh, I'm excited to give it another another shot. So those one out of three for me as well. Not to be upstaged, Kyle, you have uh, you have tied. I have tied. We have tied together. It's nice. (laughs) All right. Well, enough about that. Let's hop into uh, the news. Yo, what up? It's the news. And as we just mentioned, you know, we did have Chespin Community Day this past weekend. We did talk a little bit about our our experience, but kind of overall, um, you know, what was your sense of how the community day went, Kyle? To be super honest with you and not to pull the rug out from underneath you when I just asked you that question, but it seemed pretty seemed pretty common fair, you know? Yeah, I mean nothing really stood out. The catch rate was fine, thankfully, for Chespin, because that's always a worry when they do starters and stuff. That's right. That's right. That that's kind of about it. Nothing special, really. Yeah, I agree. You know, the, the special research has really standardized or homogenized, however you'd like to phrase it. Uh, and so there's not really a surprise in there anymore. It's kind of, you know, you you get what you expect now. So with that being the case, I have to say that this is pretty much standard fare, uh, which is good I, because community days have gotten to a point where they're really quite stable, I think. I, on that same note, though, I feel like something's got to change. Something's got to give. Because it almost felt like, why am I playing today? Mm-hmm. I, I'm playing because I want to play Pokemon Go. Like, that's that's the actual answer. But nothing has really felt special about Community Days specifically lately. And it, it, they've almost become too stable. Yeah, I kind of agree. Remember when we used to lose our minds over the bonuses? Yeah. Like that yeah. was the big draw. But now I feel like they, they've made regular rank and file events better. Right. But what that does is make the community days who, who haven't really increased at that particular level. Um, they have not gotten that much better. Uh, they've just done some experimental stuff like the four star raids and extending the period up to 10 p.m. for the, all these extra things. Right. 
But on face value, when you're looking at, am I excited about this or not? They're so similar to regular events. Yeah. Or regular events are so similar to community day, depending on how positive or negative you want to be. Well, I guess it's a question of who was there first. I think community day would be there, right? So the event would be, they're more similar to community days then. Yeah. And I, it kind of boils down to Pokemon choice as well is a big deal. Yeah, definitely. And uh, a starter is a big deal. There's no question. We said it was a starter, but it, it wasn't a very memorable one. It's, it's arguably one of the worst grass type starters. <laughs> I don't want to anger too wise? many people, but. Are you talking design wise or stat wise? Uh, uh, design wise. Okay. Okay. Because I think stat wise, it's not too bad. I mean, normally fire is the one that gets the fighting secondary type. So it's kind of rad to see it with the grass, right? Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just really don't like Chestnut. Chestnut's cute, I guess. I, just I, I like, like Quilladin. I, yeah. I think it is actually a very good middle evolution. Chestnut is not good. Quilladin yeah. looks like it should be in a Tim Burton uh, stop motion film. Yeah, okay. That's a fair you take. Know? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think Community Day could really use something that will breathe life into it. I don't know what that is. I I could not begin to tell you. I think that four star raid thing, like we mentioned, uh, it was the last episode or two episodes ago was, was that move for them. Right. But um, like we also said, it, it doesn't actually bring new people in or bring new things to the surface. It just creates more for those of us that were already doing it to do the same stuff. Right. So it doesn't feel fresh. Yeah. It just, it's just the same thing over and over again. (laughs) I agree. Yep. Um, but with neither of us having any suggestions of what that should be, I think we're just going to leave that as uh, our opinion and I guess move on from there. Now, there was something exciting with this community day, Kyle, or rather right after this community day. And that brings us to our first news item here. But it wasn't part of the community day, so we don't count it as a counterpoint to what we were just saying. Yep. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Kecleon debuts in Pokemon go who or what is that Kyle? <laughs> you know, I'm at a loss. I don't know. I've never seen it before in my life. Me it, neither. It reminds me of a uh, Chikorita community day. <laughs> it does slightly remind me also of Chikorita community day. Remember when I was so convinced that the wiggles of those tails were the the squiggles on the, the Kecleon chest? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, Kecleon, the color swap Pokemon, has made its long-awaited Pokemon Go debut. Long-awaited is such a, a, a way of phrasing that um, nicely. We, we've been chomping at the bit for ages. That's how I want to put that for sure. Uh, looking to encounter Kecleon trainers. Here's a hint. There's a Kecleon hiding in this image. And they cheekily post an image of a trainer in the overworld with like a green field. And they're right next to a Pokestop. This is trying to be clever here. The answer is, is that Kecleon resides, I suppose, is the best way of putting this. How else would you put that, Kyle? Resides, that works. Um, Yeah, for now, I suppose. <laughs> no clarification that they don't live in Pokestops, I suppose. Um, but if you look at a Pokestop, you'll see like a, like a, a opaque 
or a, a see-through model of Kecleon um, that you can see it's striping to click on it a bunch of times, like tap it, and then it falls off the stop, it jumps off, and you have to be right underneath that stop in order to get that Kecleon spawn. And I think the current rumors are that it's only active at night or something like that. Yeah, not that appears to be the case. Also, okay. I want to clarify because I was confused by the language people were using. You have to actually open the stop. Like you have to open it to the spin disc to see the silhouette of Kecleon. Yes. I was like circling around the map, looking at each poke stop really closely because I thought it was going to be in the overworld and no one had said anything else because <laughs> I hadn't seen a picture of it yet. Yeah, uh, that is unfortunate. Although at the same time, like people figured it out pretty quickly that I liked this sort of natural discovery that we had in the community. That was pretty fun. You know, Yeah, the, the community needs to use its words better. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that, everybody? Not just Niantic that needs to work on their communication skills. All of us. All of us are there. <laughs> Uh, but the last note on here is that trainers who attend Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn Las Vegas will be able to encounter Shiny Cutleon for the first time in Pokemon Go if they're lucky. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure if this reads as if it will only be at Pokemon Go Tour Hoenn Las Vegas. I would imagine that at the global event, it's going to be shiny and there will be an opportunity to roll the dice on that shiny, so to speak. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, like, that would it, it be, won't be active. It would be really unwise from an optics perspective if they did that. Now, I've seen people online read this if it's, as if it's going to be a Las Vegas exclusive. Kyle and I are here to tell you that's not what the that's not what the verbiage says. Although it doesn't it doesn't rule it out. <laughs> it, it, it it says first time. There's right. they're specific here. That's true. That's now, very true. It will probably, if I had to guess be like Corsola in mm -hmm. Johto Tour, in which case it basically wasn't boosted at all and they didn't tell anybody. <laughs> but it has to be on. It has yeah. to be turned on at the very least. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't see a situation where it's not going to be. You know, you might have a an astronomically small chance of getting the shiny Kecleon, but I don't think they're not going to give us an opportunity at the global event. Yeah. 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 That's my takeaway too. Okay. So that's the Kecleon post, but I'm not ready for us to leave this gas station quite yet. Kyle, <laughs> let's run inside the convenience store and grab our opinions really quick. What did you think about this release for the Pokemon? So I have two thoughts. One is really good. This was a very entertaining way of introducing Kecleon. Like, there's no thoughts about it. It just, it was, it's an objective positive. It's interesting. I, I wish you could see it in the overworld so you could kind of direct where you're playing instead of having to tap every faraway Pokestop, but I get it. But it is nice that you can see it from a distance. I will say that. Yeah, if, if you tap if the Pokestop from a it. distance, it's just yeah. like, if you're surrounded by like 30 Pokestops, tap one, tap one. Tap, you can't even tell which that, one you've tapped already. That does. Yeah, they don't turn to face you like Pokemon do. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, if you didn't know that, when you're tapping Pokemon to check around you, they face you so you know which ones you've checked. With the exception of what Pokemon, Kyle? Nosepass. Nosepass That's always right. faces north. That's right. Oh, look at us bringing <laughs> trivia back into the show. Real sneaky so, like. <laughs> I, I, there's, there's probably someone listening out there who didn't know both of those facts because I remember it took me a long time to learn that. Anyway, right. back about Kecleon. My downside is 
why now? Why did it take this long? <laughs> why true crime now? Yeah, I just that makes. I don't think there's anything that's interesting enough here that it couldn't have been done in 2019. 2020 is obviously when stuff got difficult for that argument. But right, and people weren't going out and seeing Pokestops. Yeah. So like I get I just, it. Yeah, this is this is the kind of thing that I feel like as soon as. They started doing Hoenn, and I know Hoenn came out really fast. I wasn't really paying attention at the time, but it was out very fast as a whole generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They should have been planning for what to do with Kecleon at that point. And it you know, had it ready for like the next year or something, and they didn't. I wonder if they had this under wraps, and then they were going ahead and moving on with other things. They thought, oh, we can squeeze the life out of this release a little bit more, right? Because at that time, you know, we probably weren't expecting to see – some of the other fun things we have with other Pokemon. I mean, like Smeargle is one example, but like Spind is only from Tasks. Uh, you know, uh, the shiny Smeargle being turned on or turned off based on events and things like that. Those sorts of things kind of like came after the fact uh, from when Kecleon should have, would have, could have been featured, right? Yeah. So it, I, I don't know. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't feel like it was a five-year wait kind of thing. It is still a good change. It's still a good change. Don't get me wrong. Or rather, a good introduction, not change. And and that's kind of about it. It's it's nice to see, and I will probably never think about Kecleon again, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, until you're trying to spin a stop, like, why won't this spin? Oh! <sighs> There's a oh, Kecleon yeah. on it. That's right. Um, oh, yeah. Two two other little small things. First of all, you can't spin the stop if there's a Kecleon clung to it. And two, two, if you see a Kecleon on a Pokestop, we've had confirmation that other trainers can see it too. Now, across different levels and things like that, like, you know, the wild spawns you see as level 10 differ than what you'd see as the level 40 up until a point. It's like level 30. Then you start seeing the same stuff um, or same level, something like that. It's, it's not the same. I don't know if from level 10 to level 50, if you look at the Pokestop, they'll both have Kecleon. I'd imagine they would because that's separate from the idea of level scaling. Uh, Who's to say? uh, Who knows? Someone can test it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I just want to be upfront about what we do and don't know (laughs) right now for sure. So, you know, I I think you're right, though, about how this does not quite feel like a feature that needed to wait for five years. Now, what I will say is, despite it being great, is that I don't know what would have felt worth the five years. I think we've talked about this before, that no matter what they do, people are going to be like, really, it took five years for this to come out. Um, This is good enough, right? This is this is even this is good. Not even good enough. This is good. But it definitely feels like. It was more of a, uh-oh, we're running out of runway before the Hoenn tour. We should probably wrap this whole Kecleon thing up. It does have that feel to it. Yeah, I I think I agree. It's just, it's a positive uh, five-year wait is over, and that's good. Yeah. And, and it is a unique way to introduce a Pokemon, and it just shows that Niantic can do it. It didn't break. That's a takeaway. This happened in Australia, in New Zealand, and it didn't 
break the entire game. At least I didn't see anyone say anything. It didn't break the entire game, but the uh, the spawns were seemingly turned off since they only kind of come back around night based on what we sort of pseudo know in the community right now. And so that was misinterpreted as some sort of error, right? Um, but who knows? Yeah, and I don't know. It's just it it shows that they can actually introduce things that we might not necessarily have thought of. And I would like to see more of that. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. It was definitely refreshing. All right, but enough about Kecleon. I can't believe I actually get to say that. Uh, on to our second and last piece of news here. We have the new post for the February 2023 Community Day. Trainers, we're excited to announce that you'll never have seen this coming. You'll have never guessed this. Noibat, the sound wave Pokemon, will be featured during February Community Day. When will this be? It'll be Sunday, February 5th from 2 to 5 p.m. Make sure you mark your calendars and request off. The featured attack for this community day is going to be Boom Burst, one of the coolest moves ever, at least yeah. name-wise. Trainer battles, it'll have 150 power. Gyms and raids will have 140. Uh, what? What is this, a one-part charge move? What's going on here? I mean, That's yeah, it's, it's basically power. a hyper beam in the main series game. So Right, but- right yeah so so there's that is a cool it's a cool move though a special research story for one dollar or local equivalent in your local currency you can access the noibat community day exclusive special research story abundant noise that's a good name event bonuses for this community day feature three times stardust for catching pokemon two times candy for catching pokemon two times chance for trainers level 31 and up to receive candy xl from catching pokemon uh, the usual lure modules and incense activated during the event will last for three hours. Uh, you know, take a few snapshots. I'm sure you'll see Noibat. One additional special trade can be made for a maximum of two for the day, and that's going to be until 10 p.m. Trades made during the day. Uh, sorry, trades made during the event, pardon me, and up to five hours afterward will require 50% less Stardust. Uh, you know, five hours afterwards also puts that in uh, till the 10 p.m. hour local time. And then there will, of course, you know, from five to 10 be the bonus raid battles for community day uh, from five to 10. Like I said, here here's where it's interesting, though, is that because there's no middle ev for Noibat, the four star raids will be featuring Noibat. <laughs> It'll be can't, featuring uh, can't give people 400 candy for free. That's right. That's right. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that one um, sort of shakes out difficulty wise. I'm really hoping it might be soloable, um, but you know it's, I'm not. I'm not. It's got I'm, a four times weakness. So four times weakened. It's a single ev too. So I think. I mean, it's first stage, right? So I think we'll probably be good. We, we might be able to do that, no problem. Unless they decide to give it five star stats. Yeah, but they did say four star raids, so I that am hopeful. Doesn't, but Zvilus did not have the expected four star stats when we fought it, because fairy types would have been would have soloed it. That's true. That's very so. Very true. Granted, it is Zvilus should have been soloable, and it wasn't. I think the success for this sort of thing is that it should be really difficult but doable if you're like level 45 and have right counters. Like that's I think where they should be balanced personally. Um, you know, no offense to anybody below level 45, but their idea is supposed to be that, you know, you it brings more people together to do things. But I think that if you invest so much time that you're level 45, they, they should throw you a bone. <laughs> uh, they don't care about 
I know. Trainer levels or trainer investment. There is I no question know. in my mind about that. Trainer level 40 actually would be nice. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, but the last thing about this event, there's there's stickers. Uh, and uh, that's, of course, Pocus Stops. It's in the shop. It's, you know, in the gifts. You know the drill burr. Not by now. If you don't, I'm going to extra drill communicate you there we go <laughs> there was a joke in there somewhere i just messed it up completely uh but anyway yeah that's neuback community day uh so kyle now february february is the month where pokemon day is and in the past we've seen a rather impressive community day during the month of february i believe almost as a result neubat is impressive uh would you agree or disagree and please give me your thoughts on boom burst it is impressive but didn't they just try and launch Noibat's shiny from 10k eggs not that long ago? Is I my don't timeline know. bad? I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened. Uh, nope. I it, didn't hatch a million 10k eggs. Yeah, and you got two shiny Noibat too. I, I did. Wasn't that like just before or during November? Go look at October. When, go look at your shiny Noibat. Give us the answer now. I, I will. <laughs> I will. Please, please go ahead with your opinions. I want to hear them. I think it's interesting. Uh, Boom Burst is probably not going to be good. I'm not going to lie. It's a normal type (laughs) move. It's going to have the same problems that Hyper Beam does, probably. Except not as much much stigma, let's be fair. Yeah, well, it's because it's actually a good move in the main series games because it's AoE and it's it's got other stuff going on for it. But it should be sound type, man. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I learned today that there's an mo- ability called Liquid Voice. And if you do have it, it makes Boom Burst into a water type move. Yo. And it's, a, it's the hidden ability of the Paplio family. Oh, oh. well, if you're Sylveon and you have Pixelate, a lot of them run Boom Burst or Hyper Beam because it turns up Fairy type. Yeah. But that's uh, a main series game thing. <laughs> but I like, see, that's, that's the biggest problem here is it's normal type. Yeah. And it doesn't have a purpose except as neutral damage in PvP in specific. But like you already have moves like Body Slam, which are really good for that, and they're spammy. So we'll have to see. A handful of Pokemon can get Boom Burst, uh, Explode being one of them. That's kind of about it, really. Flygon can get one, Toxtricity. But that's going to be real bad because they won't even have Punk Rock for an ability so yeah oh my gosh you're right oh no yeah man these next few generations as they've relied more on more on abilities and things like that for uniqueness are it's going to be very interesting yeah Um, there's there's about to be a lot of pokemon that make no sense in go like cramorant coming to go well let's go Tatsugiri, dude (laughs) i don't even know what they're gonna do for dundozo and Tatsugiri. no idea they're gonna uh, just ignore it that's what's gonna happen but <laughs> to answer your question about the noibat shiny though that it was uh the the one i'm looking at right now out of the two was october 27th 2022 out of a okay. seven kilometer egg okay seven kilometer that was not that long ago oh it's, the other okay. one was the 30th so that was later the earliest i had yeah, one was, was the 27th so that was the end of so november yeah it, yeah it ended in november right three months from it being the major chase in eggs, I don't like it. But hey, maybe one day we'll see Riolu. <laughs> That's okay. See, the, the the one group of people that can constantly be uh, disrespected and then we'll keep going are egg hatchers. 
<laughs> my people out there, you hear me. Yep. All my fellow hatchers, you you know, you know the risk that we take when we when we go for a chase in an egg pool. Who knows? It'll probably be a community day in three months. Nah, no, I bet that'll never happen. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I'm I'm honestly like not upset about it at all. I'm really excited about it. Um, because th- the hatch at the moment was the the chase I was going for, not having a shiny Noibat necessarily, but hatching them was exciting, man. It was really exciting. So I'm okay with it, to be honest with you. But beyond that, you know, three times Stardust for catching Pokemon is always, always, always a fan favorite. And uh, this new move seems interesting. I'd like to see what, uh, what this does for Noivern in PvP. But beyond that, that's it for the news i think that means that oh yes it does we're into gear up territory this week on gear up we're going to be doing a quick revisit on ivs and just the concept also fair warning i i said this was going to be quick and then i wrote way more than i thought i was going to so i'm gonna try and get through this fast because it's not all too crazy there are five subheadings ladies and gentlemen there is no actual math. I, I promise you that. Okay, that's a lie. There's two math problems that are not actually math problems, and it's just addition. Don't worry about it. Oh, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> what are IVs? IVs stand for individual values. It's a stat that's been in the main series games since Generation 1. As far as I know, it's never been given a name. They've never actually officially called it IVs. They usually refer to something like a Pokemon's potential when you go to the person who rates your IVs in the main series game. And as such, they're also not referred to that in Go. We just have vague stat bars that they don't actually quantify at all. But what are IVs? IVs are stat points that are added directly on top of a Pokemon's base stats. And then in the case of Pokemon Go, you're multiplied the base stat total by a CP multiplier, which is how you get your total value based on what level your Pokemon is. So for example, and here's your math, if a Pokemon has a base attack of 100 and it has a perfect attack IV of 15, your total attack stat is 115. That's it, full stop. There's no fanciness. You then, of course, multiply that by your CP multiplier to get your final total, but that doesn't matter. Don't worry about that. The, the CP multiplier is in decimals, and we don't need to deal with that. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. The major takeaway here is the higher a Pokemon's base stats, the less of an impact IVs have on the total stats. Mewtwo, for example, has a base attack of 300. So with perfect attack IVs, it only goes to 315, which in this comparison of two numbers is like a three percent a stat increase versus the 15 percent of a pokemon with 100 attack so it are ivs worth it doesn't sound like they're that big a deal so ivs are worth it that it's kind of plain and simple they're an objective positive on your pokemon but except in the most extreme circumstances it's not going to make or break most anything you do We'll get to PvP later. I promise someone out there who listens is like, wait, hang on a second. So there's a caveat. And I actually have resources here from the last time I talked about this. But breakpoints, 
you've probably heard people, especially for PVP, talk about breakpoints. What is a breakpoint? A breakpoint is when your fast attack does one more damage than it would have before. Whatever the before you're comparing. It could be level. It could be attack. It could be the opponent's defense. It could be type advantage, whatever you want it to be. We're going to use an example, and we're going to include in the show notes a Game Press article that's a little bit dated on breakpoints, but it's the, it's the same information. And we'll also include a breakpoint calculator for those who want to see it themselves. In the example, a raid attacking Raikou versus a raid Suicune. It's, it's nice. It's easy. It's electric. It's water. <laughs> Raikou has Thundershock. Thundershock by itself does five damage per attack. That's its stats. We don't have to talk about energy generation. We don't have to talk about duration. None of that matters right now. If a Raikou has 10 attack IV and is level 30, that Thundershock is only going to do four damage to the Suicune because of the way Suicune's defense calculates. Now, if that Raikou, that same Raikou is level 33, the Thundershock is going to do five damage again. That was with me so far, Chris. Chris looks puzzled. I'm with you. Now, that same Raikou with 15 attack only needs to be level 31 to do five damage with its Thundershock. It's only it's only two levels. It's not really that big a deal, but it shows the concept of how your IVs can influence how much damage. Most notably, for people who are newer who want to save resources. It doesn't matter what IV you have at level 40, Thundershock's going to do five damage. Full stop. You could have zero attack IV and your Thundershock will still do five damage. Of course, this sounds like why level up the Pokemon at all. You do gain a bunch of extra bulk. You gain HP and defense, so you get to live longer to use those Thundershocks. So there is still value. And of course... The first article we're going to have in the links was written when level 40 was the max. But at level 43, which you can see if you go to the breakpoint calculator, you start to do six damage per attack if you have a 15 attack IV. And then all the way at level 50, four attack and 15 attack IVs, four attack through 15 attack IVs will all do six damage. So if you have a one attack IV, Level 50 Raikou. I don't know why you do, but you do. It's only going to do five attack per, going to do five damage per attack. This all, this all making sense? I hope it is because I, I sound like a crazy person. <laughs> can you, can you summarize the list of examples you just gave? Uh, so, okay. Every Pokemon has a base stat. Right for whatever their things are, right? So, R- Raikou, regardless of of what it what its IVs are, it has a base stat right of of attack. Yes. And so, what Kyle is saying is that a- against a standardized opponent that has defense of the same kind that we're looking at this this raid Suicune, it'll be the same level regardless of what our level Raikou is, right? Is that the IVs will push these attacks over the edge to do one more damage sometimes and because of how defense works and, and because, along the way it's a scale essentially and because for calculating purposes go does not deal in half numbers mm-hmm. i don't think the main series does either but so 
it will not deal 4.5 damage at any point. It either deals 4 or 5, which is right. why a breakpoint exists in the first place. So breakpoints are fun. They're entirely unnecessary for the most part. <laughs> you you don't need to know this kind of information to succeed in the game. Literally leveling up whatever you want that has type advantage to level 35, you're going to be fine. There are niche circumstances where you will want to do this. And I think those people out there already know whether they want to do this or not. Right. But if you don't, and this kind of stuff does interest you, now you know. The more you know, Kyle. So I have two final takeaways. One is after all of this, IVs, they're still important. And you hear people talk about it all the time because IVs are a really easy thing to use to identify progression. And they're used as a goal or something to chase when you play. And we talk about this a lot, but Go is all about setting your own goals and seeing that bar be as big as it can be is an easy goal, is a is a compelling goal for a lot of people. But in terms of the numbers, a hundo and something that's like 50%, the damage difference is minuscule at best. And the second one is for PvP, and it's a totally different set of math that I'm not qualified to talk about. And it's far more complicated than this if you actually really get into it. The breakpoints are wild. And the one breakpoint in a match in PvP can flip a fight 80% health. It's... <laughs> the, the, the noteworthy one is Dialga mirror matchup, where if yeah. you don't hit your breakpoint, you deal one less damage with Dragon Breath. And so at the end of the fight, you have like 60% health and they're dead and you haven't even used a charge move yet. yet. Right. So you've got a 60 health advantage and like 80 energy or something like that. So if you don't consider it and you want to get like real hardcore into PvP, it's worth considering. It's again, it's not necessary for 99.9% .9 of players. You will have pretty much the same success using something that's close to 1500 CP as you will using something with perfect PVP IVs. Here's the thing though, Kyle is that while that's true, every Pokemon fan uh, inherently wants to be the very best. So this is still useful information, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Let's go look at my, like the Pokemon I have at level 40 that are only like 82% or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, no, I, my, Favorite thing to point out about IVs, we can't move on without saying this, is that, you know, your instinct when you're collecting Pokemon is that IVs really only matter where they matter the most on your strongest Pokemon, like your legendaries or whatever. And mathematically, IVs make the least amount of impact <laughs> when we're talking about, you know, potential output of damage or whatever for Pokemon that have higher total stat products right so it's it's a little it's a little counterintuitive but it does create this very interesting dynamic in the competitive scene um where ivs matter right like kyle was just saying so it's cool very very cool stuff all right well thank you very much mr kyle that means we're moving on to poke lore <laughs> 
And this week we're going to be talking about Kecleon, the color swap Pokemon. This is a brand new Pokemon. It's never, ever been debuted anywhere before, except for Pokemon Go. I'm, of course, joking. All right, Kecleon. Kecleon is a bipedal reptilian Pokemon that is usually green. On either side of its head are yellow frills, which are connected by lines to its yellow lips and rings around its eyes. There are small ridges on its shoulders and a red zigzag stripe around its midsection. The hands and feet have three short digits each, and it has yellow soles. It has a long, skinny tail that is usually curled tightly in a spiral. Kecleon is able to change the colors of its body at will and is known for frequently using this ability to camouflage itself. However, it is unable to change the color of its red stripe. Its color also changes based on its mood and health, darkening in color with better health. By using camouflage to appear almost invisible, it can sneak up on prey and ensnare it with its long pink tongue. If unnoticed for too long, though, it pouts. It may never reveal itself. Oh, poor Kecleon. A purplish variant of Kecleon has been seen in the anime and the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon series. Whether this is an example of it changing color or simply a different kind of Kecleon is unknown. This Pokemon lives in tropical and temperate forests. Kecleon is the only known Pokemon that can have color change as an ability. Uh, so pretty pretty much what you'd expect from a chameleon-based Pokemon uh, as far as its, uh, its entry goes. Here's some stats, though. At level 40, you're looking at 2047 for CP. And at level 50, the CP you're looking at is 2314. Really nothing too, too impressive. And I'll tell you why. Here are the stats. 155 stamina, 189 defense, and 161 attack. All middling at best, but far from the poorest available, I suppose. Now, here's the best move set. Whatever feels groovy, man. <laughs> Honestly, it's a normal type Pokemon. It knows lick and sucker punch for its, its fast type moves. There's no stab there. And its charge move suite is like flamethrower, ice beam, razor leaf it's got a bunch of different types of moves from different from different types uh, and none of them are really good over the other one so it's kind of like a whenever you whatever you really want to bring what would be interesting is a kecleon cup that would be <laughs> cool i'd be down for that but other than that pretty uh pretty much a straightforward pokemon it's cool it's definitely cool but it's not like a Oh my gosh. Wow. I can't believe it's a supercomputer or it can punch a dump truck off of a mountain. It's nothing quite like that. <laughs> Kyle, what do you think about Kecleon? You got some love, man, or no? I'm kind of neutral. It Okay. It's a fun Pokémon. Like the idea is fun. I think the thing I like most about Kecleon is basically Kecleon walked so that Protein and Libro Libero in the main series game could run. Yeah, and yeah. Those are actually really interesting abilities. Apparently, Cacleon does get protein, which is cool. Is it protein or is it protean? It, it's probably protean. I've I've heard people say protein, and, and it's obviously not right. But I've never really. I don't know. I've never really know. gotten. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but uh, Libero is interesting. I like how they just made the same ability but changed it. Changed. The I don't. Name. I don't understand why. I just don't understand. They wanted it's a starter. Yeah, but Greninja. Ah, eh, whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, Kecleon is another Pokemon that gets done dirty because Go doesn't have nuance to its Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. 
So you see the nuance in the encounter screen, which is pretty neat, like we already covered. But yeah, battle wise, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. Kecleon Cup when, uh, but that's it for the Poke lore. Uh, that means that we're already in Pokepole land. Last week's Pokepole was: Have you ever taken a break from Pokemon Go? What made you step away? come back and why first responses from nick bunce they said several times the first was just boredom no new features or pokemon so i quit for a bit i came back after rockets were introduced which was certainly a new feature i then played until the pandemic hit i didn't leave my one bed london flat for 13 solid weeks so i figured there was no point in trying to play pokemon go rough times were had by all lockdown is owner Lockdown is over, and I've not missed a day since. Good. There's a happy end to that story. (laughs) All all fair fair reasonings, I feel. Yeah, definitely. Next response from Trent, and they said, kind of. At various points during the height of the ongoing pandemic, I was sent overnight to help keep up with demand at work. So for the most part, if I opened the game, it was doing a daily spin and or catch at most, because for the most part, Unless I woke up early enough, I couldn't raid. Community days would start an hour or two roughly after I needed to sleep, unless I specifically stayed up long enough to evolve a Pokemon for the move and go to sleep. Oh, my gosh. So while I haven't exactly taken a long break, I wouldn't say I was really playing either. Oof, yeah, sometimes life just just gets you. Yeah, Trent, that, that stinks, but... You know, it's cool that you you know had the opportunity to maybe set an alarm and do an evolution. You didn't miss completely out. Yeah, but. Let, me, let me get that. Set your alarm. It says community day move. Just like uh, evolve, evolve. Okay, go back to sleep. Like yeah, perfect. yeah. <laughs> Next was from Rhythm McToast, and they said a couple of times I've taken breaks for a week or two, but the Dino Egg problem nearly made me leave the game for good. You're not the only one. Yeah, yep. but that ended up being about a month break. Although it completely changed how I handled my eggs now. Free incubator all the way. No. If I hit all tens <laughs> in my inventory and have the coins from gyms, I'll buy some incubators. But most of the time, I'm running my oldest egg in the freebie. So you see that, Kyle? They rotate their oldest egg through their. Through I, their I click whichever one uh, my heart Top desires. left. Top left. <laughs> no, not always. Not always. No, okay. Just, okay. just random. Although, depending on if I have different types of eggs, that'll influence it. For everyone <laughs> listening, I showed Chris while we were hanging out on Saturday for Community Day my eggs. I didn't have any in the incubator, so I put one in. <sighs> and then I went and looked through the rest of mine, and I had an egg from the start of September in my inventory. I am also See, on the free incubator life. Now that you say that, I guarantee you somebody's listening is like, huh? You know, I've, I've got a two-kilometer egg from 2017 still. Like, <laughs> if you have a dinosaur egg in your egg inventory, please send us a screenshot. I want to see those. That's yeah. awesome. And yeah. then and then hatch it and tell us what's in it, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. And for me, it's it's the principle now because yeah, I spend plenty of money on Go. I have plenty of poker coins. Just, I'm not buying incubators. They got to do something real special. Understood. I was very happy to see a box that was all right with incubators. When they when they release Dreepy and it's only in 10k eggs, you'll you'll catch me 
walking on a treadmill. There you, there you go, there you go. That's that's the 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 draw was dreepy. Are you taking or, or Age of Slash? But Age of Slash, I feel like they got to do something special than just ten Ks for Age of Slash. I could be wrong. Twelve Ks. <laughs> Well, we've already established that we are woefully inept when it comes to that, and 12Ks only have poison or dark types. Uh, True. True. Very, very true. Uh, But yeah, I don't think you're getting away without it being in some sort of high Yeah, no. uh, Honage is definitely going to be in 10KX. It's not even a question when that comes out. It might come out in an event where it might be in 7Ks. I will hatch endless eggs. Okay. (laughs) And Not then it. when it comes back for shiny, I will hatch endless eggs for that because the shiny is so good. So that's that's what it will take for me to get eggs out of the yeah, free incubator. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Our next response is from Maxotron. And they said, I had to take a break back in 2021 because I had gotten way too deep in running local Sylph tournaments, participating in remote ones, running the local Valor chat, doing Sylph check-ins for community day. And we were also buying and fixing our home at the time. Dealing with family drama, and I had to stop and work through some therapy for my own good. It was a good path for me to take at the time. Looking back, it seems I didn't miss many great community days or events outside of the Kanto and Johto tours. Well, you had a lot going on, too. Holy cow. That's a Holy lot. cow. Can't, <laughs> no, one, no one could blame you for that. Sounds like the, the best no. thing. I feel like most people would not be able to handle a lot of those things uh, very well without Go also in the mix. So completely understandable. Yeah, I'm and pretty sure any two of those is probably too much for most people. It's a lot. So uh, hoping that everything's figured itself out there, Maxitron. But yeah, great. Our last response from Ghastly Girl. They said, I've never really taken a break, but there have been points where all I did all I really did was keep my streaks going, which is easy since I live on a great spawn point and can get to a stop with almost no effort. These were due to life emergencies or health problems, with the latter especially after things like the incense nerf happened and the six-hour community days went away. I love this game despite some of the rough points it's gone through, but at the end of the day, one's health and loved ones are always more important. Could not agree more. Yeah, 100%. That's correct. So for this week's Pokepole, we have which Pokemon or type of Pokemon do you think deserve more attention in Pokemon Go and why? So I had an initial answer when I read this the first time. Okay. But now that we've gone through the show, I have a new answer. So do you want to go first? No, because every time I do this, I end up disappointing you. (laughs) You should go first. My answer is normal type. Ah, good thing I didn't go first. It's a real good thing I didn't go first. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Did you see Boom Burst? I'm like, hmm, normal type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We talked about it. It's like. Good. It's just normal type has advantages in the main series game. I don't like it. I, I still don't like normal type, but I can't well, that's argue because that they're it's immune not... to ghost types. It's a personal <laughs> bias sort of thing. True. but it has advantages that it just can't leverage that well in go yeah i don't i don't really know how you fix it without reworking the whole thing unfortunately so immunities just don't work in go and so unfortunately that's always going to be a big thing yeah but like a lot of a lot of the big problem is normal type pokemon tend to be carried by Two things, really. Three things. One, they do neutral damage to just about everything. That's really big because you don't have to worry about being resisted. 
but because of how type advantages work in go you you want to be super effective you like you you're not going to beat somebody 70 percent of the time if you're not super effective right 100 percent. and two is kind of double a double point abilities which really impact a lot of normal types and move pools i feel like normal type pokemon tend to have deeper variety and moves to take advantage of and that doesn't really translate into go because you can only have so many moves in a in a pokemon's move pool right that's a really good answer (laughs) (laughs) so good that was also going to be my answer, but not for the same reasons. I just think it's underrepresented. And I, you know, I think so you, you should have gone cool. first because I had a backup answer. No, 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 no. I am going to go ahead and say, you know, all the other types seem to have some sort of focus. I, I think poison doesn't get enough love on its own. It's usually like coupled with dark or bug or something else. I think we should get a poison type event on its own. Um, and I know it lends itself to being a secondary typing because it largely is, but I, I'd like to see some creativity around it. And just a, a poison event would be sweet. Imagine, imagine the avatar items they could do. They could give us uh, Atticus's <laughs> outfit from oh Scarlet god. and Violet. That'd be awesome. Oh my god! Hey, or Koga's outfit. You know, like that'd be sweet. All of it would be sweet. A ninja-based event that's poison type primarily. I guess that needs to be dark too. Now that I think about it. I don't know. A poison poison type needs some love. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right. So, dear listener, if you have an answer to this week's Pokeball question, which was, once again, what Pokemon or type of Pokemon do you think deserves more attention in Pokemon Go and why? Uh, when we post that question on Twitter, you can answer there. If you're a patron of ours, you can post your answer in the Pokeball channel. You can also uh, leave us a voicemail to 262-586-7717 with your answer. You can also email us at mail at gocastpodcast.com, or you can send us a voice file or an audio file recording to email if you'd rather not call. And then lastly, we also uh, post the question on Spotify. If you're using the mobile app, you can go and answer the poll there as well. All right, but before we get into anything email or voicemail related, we're going to pass the reins on over to Fish and DeFi for this week's PvP Corner segment. Over to the two of you. Hi, I'm Fish on Nahida. And I'm DeFi 250 and this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that is currently deciding whether to run Volt Switch or Thundershock. DeFi, what is going on in PvP? Well, if we take a look at Go Battle League in the last week, it, we had Open Master League and Master League Premier Classic. Did you battle at all, Fish? Yeah, so you know how we joke about how Master League is our opportunity to take a break from GBL? Yes. I should have taken a break from GBL. Oh, no. I dropped 400 points during Master League Premier Classic. That's painful. Yeah. So I was 2630-something before that. Just for full disclosure, there were like the last two sets of Weather Cup where I did really badly as well to to drop a bunch of ELO. So uh, taking those two plus the rest of 
MLPC into account. I went down from 26.30 to 22.30. And since then, I've regained like 40-odd points to be uh, about halfway towards veteran again. That stinks, and I'm sorry. Uh, That's okay. I actually had the same thing happen last season during the three open leagues. I actually dropped around the same amount, 400, maybe a little bit more uh, points than that in a week and still managed to get to legend. So I'm not um, not kicking myself too hard. Just fo- refocus, get back on track. I took the week off, uh, which was which works for me, especially because I was traveling. As mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a little bit, I was in San Diego. And I tend not to do Go Battle League when I'm traveling just because hotel Wi-Fi can be really sketchy, that kind of stuff in general and usually when i'm traveling especially when i'm traveling for tournaments i get in like the friday night super late saturday i work all day sunday i work all day and then i fly back so it's usually so crazy that i just don't compete in jeep go battle league those weekends and that's okay it's okay to give yourself a break but you should not give yourself a break this upcoming week because january 12th to the 19th is all three open leagues Open Great, Open Ultra, and Open Master. And it's Go Battle Weekend. 200 battles. Do them all, I dare you. <laughs> Let us know how much Stardust you got. So that'll be the Steven Stone-themed Go Battle Weekend. You'll be able to get his rings. And there's standard bonuses that you typically get. There's a timed research that'll go along with it. Be sure to check it out. We talked a little bit about Open Great League last week, so if you want to check in on last week's episode, you should definitely do that. We talked about the PV Poke Top 10 species, which, no surprise, Registeel and Galarian Stunfisk mm-hmm. are at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. And we talked about some common teams on PV Poke. I like the one with Aurorus in it, Metacham, Aurorus, Walrein. But there's lots of other really good ones. I think Noctowl, Lantern, and Galarian Stunfisk is probably one of the most common ones right now. After all three Open Leagues from January 19th to 26th is Open Great League and the Weather Cup Great League Edition. So only Fire, Water, Ice, and Rock type Pokemon are eligible, which is four of the five types that learn Weather Ball, Normal type being the other one. Well, nobody likes clear weather fish. Clear weather is <laughs> boring to talk about. We want to talk about sandstorm weather and thunderstorm weather. Nobody talks about it when it's clear weather normal weather ball sure it's not a talking point but it's certainly nicer to have clear weather than to to be in a sandstorm true so the pv poke top 10 are lantern shadow and regular credilly abomasnow shadow and regular xl Lalip, ludicolo swampert shadow and regular bastiodon araquanid pelipper and toxapex i think it gives you an idea of how good Cradilly will be for this cup that they've got not only Cradilly, but it's unevolved form Leap sitting there in the top 10. Yeah. Grass and rock together seem like a really powerful combination with the rock typing. You can hit really hard against the fire and the ice types. And with the grass typing, you can hit against the water and the rock types. So you can hit super effective against all of it. Mm. Every single thing. <laughs> So that makes sense why it's towards the top. Next up from January 26th to February 2nd is Open Great League again and the Electric Cup. So Electric Cup is exactly 
what it sounds like. It's Great League electric types only with Chargerbug and Stunfisk banned. Now we have talked about this in the past. Stunfisk is a bit of an obvious one because that ground typing will allow it to, plus the electric typing, allow it to triple resist any sort of electric move. And it fires Mud Bomb back at the electric. So it would be absolutely busted. We can't really figure out why Charge Bug is not allowed. But hey, they'll have reasons for everything. And we are not always privy to those reasons. We just got to trust that they know what they're doing. My best guess would be that it's too bulky. That it would just outlast everything. And it would be like a timeout. It would be like Chansey's and Wobbuffet's running them up. <laughs> yeah, because electric types are pretty darn glassy, aren't they? There's not many yes. bulky electrics. So that's why I think. Yeah, it's The a fact good that it would resist a lot of stuff, and I think it would just be too bulky. That's my that's my very best guess. Some Pokemon that are allowed are Alolan Graveler, Togedemaru, and Hisuian Electrode. I think those are going to be really popular, especially the Hisuian Electrode. Because that will double resist because it is a grass and an electric type. So that could be interesting. But I was looking at it and I was, this is going to be like Fighting Cup. There's going to be like five to 10 Pokemon in this meta. Right. Right. Um, I can imagine. So if Hisuian Electrode becomes really popular, then I think that will give rise to Electivire with Ice Punch. I can see that working, definitely. But that's my only thought for now. All right, moving on to our self check-in. We have the Ember Cup fish. We chatted for a moment before this podcast, and we've both done one battle in Ember Cup, and we've both lost our battles. So I don't know if we're the best people to give advice. <laughs> it was really close. My my opponent, we I won one, or I yeah, I think I lost, and I won, and then we tied. <laughs> And then I lost. It was so close. And the battles were, it was like one HP, one fast move. They were really close. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For mine, I had a situation where I had Charizard into Poliwrath at the end of battle one. And that sounds bad, but it's actually not that bad because uh, the wing attacks plus a blast burn really chunk. And that Poliwrath was almost out of shields. I, I had an energy lead. I had almost two blast burns ready. So I basically just had to get two blast burns off before they got to a scold. And my counting failed me because I thought that Polyrath gets to scold in six, five, and then six mud shots. But it's actually six, six, and five. So by the time they got to their fifth mud shot, I was like, well, I'm not going to make it to the second blast burn so i'll just throw a dragon claw hope it's enough it wasn't enough and then they threw one more mud shot and then threw the scold and i'm like oh bummer (laughs) i I miscounted i i should have won that it stinks when it fails you that's why Mm -hmm. i just never count just never count Uh, is that the solution (laughs) solution. don't bother counting don't bother counting just go on pure instinct Mm -hmm. go in the go with the feeling in your jellies and I just wanted to note, I knew that the Ember Cup was a limited meta, but I didn't play it for my faction, so I didn't have that experience. I didn't realize how stinking limited it was. The only Pokemon in this meta are Charizard and Poliwrath and Piloswine, Gliscor, and Hisui and Quillfish. 
you have those five Pokemon and then one random Pokemon. That's it. Mm-hmm. Every, that's every yeah. single team. Gliscor could be substituted with Gligar. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, I would say Polyrath could be substituted with Primeape Ooh, as, okay. for a different fighter. I've seen some Primeapes. I have, but I've only ever seen Primeape on the same team as a Polyrath. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Double fighter. Double fighter, that's fair. That's that's really all there is. Mm. Uh, so, actually, in the last couple of days, we in the Palatown PvP server have been trying to discuss the role of electric types in this cup because there's actually very, very little that can take out the core of Charizard and Poliwrath in this meta comfortably. There are some things that can do it if you get it right, if the opposing Pokemon doesn't have an energy lead, etc., etc. But the only things that can do it very comfortably are your electrics. But all the electrics have drawbacks, the biggest one being the prominence of the ground types, particularly Piloswine, also Gligar slash Gliscor. So we've been discussing, like, do you want to use Electivire because it's got that Ice Punch that can threaten back the Gligar and has something against the Piloswine? Or do you want to use something like Alolan Raichu, which has the Volt Switch, which gives you that farm potential against anything that's not ground type? And then when you are against a Pilus Wine, you've got that Grass Knot that's there. You've also got things like Electrode, which has the Volt Switch, and then a nice coverage move of either Foul Play or Hyper Beam if you want to be able to just guarantee a one-shot on everything. There's Raikou as well. There is Minoon, which is like, it's got that Grass Knot coverage move, but is a little bit bulkier. So there's a lot of different options, and I'm not sure which way to lean. I've currently got Electivire on my squad, but really considering that, or like a Moltres or Achu, or yeah, I don't know, DeFi. I don't know either. I just know my first battle was super close, and I'm really gunning to try to get back and try it again. I definitely need some practice and knowing mm-hmm. these matchups, because when metas are so small, you need to know the particular matchups. You need to know exactly how it goes with a Polyrath versus a Charizard. You need to know exactly how it goes in some of these matchups when the meta is so limited like this. And I want to get back at it. I don't know if I want a Zapdos. I don't know if I want like a Galvantula or something, but I don't know. I just want to try again. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. let me back at it. Let me back <laughs> at it. Let me try again. So if you don't want to run an electric, what would be your plan for countering a Polyrath Charizard core? cry <laughs> um hisuian quillfish beats both beats both interesting with aquatel shadow ball it would have to be i imagine i think so yeah because shadow ball is really the only thing that can hit the polyrath comfortably yeah so uh, poison jab aquatel shadow ball oh uh, with poison jab as well what happens if you because i've seen a few more poison sting than poison jab what happens if you're running poison sting then Quillfish loses, but only with like a 413. Like it's very close. Okay. Like that's okay. very, that's dependent. Yeah, sure. Sure. If you've got like, if you've got enough energy to go double Shadow Ball, or if you can call an Ice Punch Bait, maybe that, that might change things up as well. So yeah, it's definitely playable. But again, not comfortable. I'm just like Rotom Wash. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's in here. That is technically an elect. That is technically a Pokemon. Um, Chinchow. 
That does show up here, yes. <laughs> no, it's like all electric. Like it's the only mm. thing. Zapdos being and Dedene actually being extremely powerful against Charizard and Polyrath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could run a Dedene. Are you coming around on electrics now? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to go again. I just want to play. Like, I feel like I didn't. I, I've done this one time and I lost. And uh-huh. I just want to go try again. Yep. Yep. Hopefully with, an, uh, with a Dedene in your squad. Maybe. Because <laughs> the Trevenant didn't help me a whole ton. Well, actually, I was going to say Trevenant actually might be a, a reasonable core breakout. It sounds like your experience has been different, but um, like Trevenant does obviously very well against the Polyrath, and it actually has win conditions against a Charizard. I believe it's like Talonflame, where if you can bait it, you can get to another Shadow Ball to KO in the one shields. I think I just get hit like with the Trevenant. Um, it just takes so much damage from all the ice in the meta. Yeah, right. There's just problems with like the top of the meta <laughs> with Trevenant. Couldn't get around the Pylos one. Yeah, like you have to, and like the Hippowdon. Like if the Hippowdon can like ah yeah, if you get enough Ice Fang damage, or like the Poly, if you don't have shields for it, the Poly can mm. like hit you with an ice punch and knock you out. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I haven't completely given up on Trevenant yet. There's also a lot of Hisuian <laughs> Quillfish. Yeah, that's its biggest problem, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, that was, that was uh, more in-depth than I expected us to go. It's, that was good. That was a good chat. Uh, just to touch base on factions, I'm excited to be back this week. And I'm actually in the Vanguard field for the first time. So that's been really Ooh. interesting. That's the one that's based off of the Elite Four where you have the four different slots for each of the four members of the Elite Four, Lorelai, Bruno, Agatha, and Lance, and then you have two wildcard spots. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it better than Ember Cup right now, which is the other Great League field and also happens to be the main meta for individual Sylph right now, because Ember Cup is so restrictive, Mm -hmm. and I'm really excited this week. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I picked up Kofagrigus, I think, is going to be kind of my big Pokemon, <laughs> like my main. Your ace. That's my ace is the Coffin, which I'm really mm-hmm. excited about. I was torn between Machamp and Primate for Bruno's spot. I went with Machamp. We'll see if I regret it because I also <laughs> really like Primate. I went with Walrein, felt like an obvious choice for Lorelai's spot. And then Lance is Dragon or Flying. And I went with Noctowl because I love Noctowl. Oh, okay. And in my two wildcard spots, I went with Marshtomp and Cradilly. Ooh, Marshtomp. Why Marshtomp? Just, I was looking at my opponent and it seemed to be what, it seemed to counter really well what they had last week. Of course, my opponent brought nothing similar at all to what they brought last week. (laughs) So, but it's still kind of a fun Pokemon. And I have the rank one. So when someone mentioned it, I was like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'll put a Marshtomp on my team. <laughs> it's it, it Marshtomp's one of those Pokemon that I wish was just a little bit better because it's fun. It's very spammy. Very it spammy. It is incredibly spammy. Mud Bomb Surf? Yeah. Yeah. We'll depend though. It'll depend. We'll see what my like when I really deep dive into like my opponent's line. Because you can the fun thing is you can determine your moves right up until the battle. <laughs> so Yeah. And I I actually really take advantage of that. I tend to gravitate more towards pokemon that can have 
different movesets. Number one, so that I can kit it out with the moveset that will be best against my opponent, but also to keep my opponent guessing as, as much as possible. Oh yeah, that's really fun. You can bring like, I'm trying to think, you can bring a Metacham and run Dynamic Punch on it. Right. You can bring, you know, bring a Mew. Some, bring a Mew. Make him guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. Speaking of Dynamic Punch Metacham, let's talk about San Diego for Play Pokemon, where I was just this weekend. And all of the Pokemon that were there, including Metacham, there were so many Metacham. When you take a look at the top cut teams, our top cut, our champion was Ramberto, running Noctowl, Frostlass, Umbreon, Galarian, Sunfisk, Trevenant, and Metacham. But our runner-up was Caleb Pang, hmm. who had Registeel, Trevenant, his Bastiodon, which made very little appearances, very few appearances, his um, Metacham, which was running Dynamic Punch. Purified Sableye, and then a Noctowl that was very dapper that he had just recently caught for this New Year's event. Won all the style points, but did not win CMP. It was really fun to watch Ramberto and Caleb battle because they are teammates on the Cool Cats. Same kind of thing with Brown Baller, where he and his teammate got first and second. Ramberto and Caleb, they carpooled and their teammates and their friends so that was really cool to see seems to be happening a lot (laughs) yeah i also heard that nino and kong glazer who were third and fourth are also on the same factions team Uh, so okay so here's what i'm gonna do i'm going to when i go to my next regional championship i'm gonna find the best battler i can and i'm gonna fly over to where they are and then carpool over to the city where the regional is happening and that should get me the win or them. It'll get them the win. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, what you should be taking away from this for sure. <laughs> the battles were really, really fun. Taking a look at the top cut day, uh, Kong Glazer made a really impressive run through the losers bracket, beat Onion Frank, beat Gucci Kang, beat Nino, but then got 0-3'd by Caleb Pang in the losers finals. Uh, so Caleb and Ramberto played in the winners finals. Caleb lost going down to the loser's bracket to face Kong Glazer, beat Kong Glazer. And then it was Ramberto versus Caleb, Ramberto in the winner's bracket. So Caleb reset the bracket, but then Ramberto won after the bracket reset, crowning Ramberto champion. So on day two, those two played each other 14 times. <laughs> on day yeah. two. So yep. they they knew the teams, they knew each other really, really well. It was a lot of fun. But the real battle, what everybody was really there for, was the beef between Speediest Chief and I, which was <laughs> really fun to set up. So during the interview with Ramberto and Caleb, Speediest and I were interviewing them. And I kept throwing in digs at Speediest because he just shaved because he lost that bet. So I'd, I was saying things to Caleb like, Oh, Caleb, how are you feeling? You know, your Bastiodon, it's such a fun pick. It's certainly not a pick that'll win you or lose you by a close shave. Uh, you're certainly not going to wear win by the hair on your chin. <laughs> like those kind of comments, like I was making digs. Yeah. At Speedius Beard the whole time we were doing the interview. And part like when we were done, Speedius was like, hold on, Ramberto. I got to ask DeFi a question. Like, I, I feel like you're making a lot of pointed jokes are they they at me and i was just like yeah they are i am making <laughs> what jokes about you what of it and he's like well i want you should stop and i was like no 
And then he's like, okay, well, we're going to settle this after the the finals. And then we battled and we just threw teams together. Uh, we made it a rule to not pick anything that is in the top 12 usage for play Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he brought like numbers 13, 14, and 15. Like he brought <laughs> some really popular picks. Uh, but his rainy cast form completely wiped the floor with me. I won the middle battle. So I lost the first one and then I won and then I lost the third one. And his rainy mm-hmm. cast form just completely wiped my team. My whole team. <laughs> rainy cast form is so underrated. It's very good. But in the middle battle, I got my Diggersby locked onto his Mandibuzz, and I was running Mudshot with both Earthquake and Hyperbeam. Oh, no, you weren't. So I earth I Earthquaked the Mandibuzz. He shielded it. Oh, really? So he, he, expect, he like was onto you about the Hyperbeam? No, I think he was expecting Fire Punch. Like, he needed to shield. Oh, really? How low was the HP on the Mandy? Well, I had built up to like two fire punches. Okay, okay. So I go yep, to fire go. the one, and then he shields it, and and it's an earthquake, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And then <laughs> I go to throw the hyper beam to KO the mandibuzz, and just the look of pain on his face—it was so <laughs> funny. And they put the microphones on for the table, so you could hear us a little bit. You could hear it was muffled, but we were like trash talking each other in a very clean Pokemon friendly manner. And it was very fun. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I, I wish I had seen it. It's the VOD and the YouTube video are definitely available for you to go watch at twitch.tv slash Pokemon go or at YouTube on the official Pokemon YouTube channel. One thing I wanted to talk about with San Diego is we changed the way we did the tournament bracket. And I really liked it from a stream perspective. So typically there are four brackets, like the A, B, C, and D. And A and B start right away in the morning at like eight in the morning. And then C and D start at like two, Mm -hmm. which tends to get a bad player experience because you show up at 8 a.m. and find out you don't have to battle for another four hours. Yeah. And then what are you going to do with your time? And it stinks from a stream perspective because you end up missing a lot of the big battles, like the winner's finals. This time, we it still was staggered, but it was only staggered by like half an hour. So group okay. A started at, for example, 8 a.m., group B at 8.30, group C at 9. And then we were able to showcase every single one of the winner's finals and a couple of the loser's finals, too. Yeah, that that, that sounds great. It sounds like a great way to do it. Yeah, I, I think it went really, really well. I was really happy with the way that that tournament ran. And I'm hoping that it is the way that we're just going to do it from now on, because I think it worked really, really well. For example, we actually got to see seven of the eight players in the top eight on the day one stream because we were able to showcase yeah, that's all awesome. of the winner's finals. The only one we didn't get to see on day one was Herbalife 9. So to talk about the regionals that are coming up, we have Liverpool on January the 21st. Registrations are open, and as of this recording, there are 130 players registered, so get in on that. We have Orlando, Florida from February 3rd to 5th. Registration is open for that one, and 100 players registered on the first day. The U.S. is just absolutely teeming with budding Pokemon Go Masters. I'm loving seeing it. Melbourne, Australia is happening on February 18th and 19th. There is no news on registrations for that just yet. Knoxville, Tennessee is happening on February 24th to 26th. Registrations will open 
on January the 12th, which for you, DeFi, is tomorrow. It is. So registration's opening very soon. By the time you hear this, registrations will be open if you would like to register for Knoxville, Tennessee. And Bochum in Germany happening that same weekend. No news on registrations just yet. And that leads us to the end of the show and our shameless plugs. I want to give a shout out to some members of the Palatown and GoCast communities who have hit milestones. Axel Cactham has hit legend for this season. Hugo Boa has hit expert and Dark Ice 17 scored her 200th Master League win, which is really impressive. I'd also like to mention a couple of Ember Cup analysis videos that I was invited to be a guest for. One is on the Poker Battle Network 1 channel on YouTube, which is hosted by SosaFlow. I was on there with him and final boss AJ. The other video that I was on was for Team Lucky Roo's channel. That's R-U-U, Roo. And they are a Portuguese team of content creators who, like, they stream in Portuguese on their Twitch channel, but they do do English language content on their YouTube channel. So they invited me to come on and share my thoughts about Ember Cup there. So I encourage you to check that and the other one out as well. Uh, I don't have anything to shout out personally for me, just trying to get back into streaming and things, but you can definitely check out my cast from San Diego, like I mentioned earlier, twitch.tv slash Pokemon, or on the official Pokemon, or twitch.tv slash Pokemon Go, or on the official Pokemon channel on YouTube. Be sure to check it out. Comment nice things. Go to the YouTube and comment nice things about me. Oh, yeah. By the time you hear this as well, Good Morning Johto should be out. I will be interviewing with Good Morning Johto right after this podcast. So that'll be out this week. I am really excited. We talked about them last week, but I love the idea. I love the idea of a little quick morning radio show that's like 10 or 15 minutes and it hits just the major beats of Pokemon Go, TCG, and VGC. And they do interviews on Friday. It's super cool. I enjoy listening to them. It's a little cheesy, but so am I. It works out. They're very much my style. We are a niche segment on another podcast, and we're still three times as long as Good Morning Joto. <laughs> so to finish off, we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions to send in to myself or DeFi, you can direct that to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Chris talks about those at the end of the show. And in the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And we'll see you next week. Thanks so much, Fish and DeFi. If you had another wonderful PvP corner segment, DeFi just got back from uh, commentating in San Diego this past weekend. And if you didn't get a chance to watch, you should go back and watch the VODs of her shoutcasting. I, I don't think I've gone on record on saying this on the show, but DeFi is really good. <laughs> She's really good at it. Uh, and the more she does this, the better she gets. And it's just it's just so cool to watch. And so I would invite you, dear listener, if you're a fan of our show, to go support uh, DeFi and go go take a look at those VODs and, and keep an eye out for her when these events are live. Um, but anyway, I got so caught up in, in talking about our, our friends and fellow co-hosts, Kyle. Where are we right now? It's time for emails. 
Oh, that's right. Or rather, uh, email. That's also even more right. <laughs> and zero voicemails. Technically, we did get one voicemail from somebody named Big Rick. Uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we screen our voicemails, guys. <laughs> like, we listen to them. So, yeah, I, I didn't quite know what to make of it. It's not like it was inappropriate or anything. It just didn't. I don't know. So, Big Rick, if if it wasn't just to just to troll us please send us another email or a voicemail and we'll figure it out no worries thanks anyway Uh, but we only have one email this week i'm going to pass on over to kyle to read for us and the one email is from abby and they said hello gents during the month of december i hadn't been playing much pokemon go because i had fractured a bone in my foot I had spent most of December playing Go from the couch, and let's say it was only Catch My Daily Spawn, The Rocket Balloons, and GBL. I didn't see any other spawns and thought it was just because I wasn't checking the map at the right time. Fast forward to now, I recall an issue that Lured Up had covered on the episode I had listened to about how certain areas were tagged wrong in open street maps, and that was preventing Pokemon spawns. So this past Sunday, or was it Monday? I decided to pay attention to the map for a 30-minute span of time. During that time, no Pokemon spawn at all. I need to try to check my spawns during Spotlight Hour to confirm that I have absolutely zero spawns in my place when I used to have at least four spawns, probably before they did the map updates. As for my foot, it is on the mend. saw the dock before Christmas and was told that I could start to walk on it without the boot. I will not be able to get rid of the boot until three months after I originally injured it, with this whole injury, I've learned never go downstairs with hands full and then decide to switch sides, Abby. It's all fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well first of all, sorry about your foot and whatever happened that made that happen. Uh, that sounds like from the way you just you teed it up with carrying things and switching sides on the stairs. That sounds awful. <laughs> so sorry about that. Uh, but Kyle, can you speak to this this OSM uh, stuff and potential dead zones? Yeah, absolutely. If uh, if you don't know, I, I can't speak too much on OSM exactly, but if you don't know, OpenStreetMaps is what Niantic uses to map and determine areas in Go. And that's what they're referencing when they do map updates for stuff like parks and streets. And in this instance, probably construction zones. That's the most common one I've seen from OSM as a label that deactivates spawns completely. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I'm sure they don't want anybody trespassing in construction zones whatsoever. The, yeah, the problem is they've done like three OSM updates ever in the game's life. And OSM as in the name is, is an open source. So anybody can submit information from your local area. So it's only as developed as your local players or, I don't know who's updating this that doesn't play these games, but they probably exist. Good Samaritans. And you can do all the work and you can develop it to the nines, but if they don't update the game, it doesn't matter. And that's a big problem. So even if your spawns are turned off, it's it's very unlikely that it's going to change soon. Yeah, so potentially some more information um, might like have your answer, Abby. Like the last time they did an update, was your neighborhood under construction in some way or 
whatever the case might be. Now, it is very possible that that's just not even the case and that, you know, there's not enough traffic there. Uh, you know, I don't know how densely populated the area you're in right now is, but all of those things do affect spawn density. Um, and yeah. so, you know, it could be any number of things working against you here, but that's interesting. Um, it, I, I think your best bet is that your foot is healing and you can get out soon. <laughs> it's also possible that when they did the last map update, they added some stops in whatever S2 cell or whatever cell you're in that cause spawns to migrate. And it's not necessarily that you don't have any spawns right now. It's just the spawn points that used to be there have since moved because of the update. There, there's a couple of variety of, there's a couple of things that could affect spawns in that regard. And it's unfortunately not super well communicated. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's by design, you know, they don't want to invite people to learn all about it, to potentially manipulate the thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I think a little bit more clarity on what to expect from places, like some sort of familiarity with the nuances of the game itself would be would be nice. But anyway, Abby, thank you so much for your email. Um, and if, dear listener, you'd like to send us an email just like Abby did, please feel free to send us one at mail at gocastpodcast.com. And as mentioned, you can also leave us a voicemail by calling 262-586-7717. One seven. You can also visit our website for all things GoCast Podcast at GoCastPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at GoCast Podcast. The Facebook page is gone. It's gone, or I can't access it. One of those two things. Either of them, <laughs> in my eyes, are the same thing. I looked for it the other day. It's already gone, or I deleted another time and forgot about it. But Twitter, yep, that's the only social media kind of right now. Um, so on Patreon, too. Uh, patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash gocast podcast that's where you can go to help support the show monetarily if you so choose and speaking of monetary support shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons thank you so so much to Bo, daniel andrew laurie michael ozzy <clears throat> oh got a little something in my throat there Bo, daniel andrew laurie michael ozzy ted tish marvin and mimi sports thayer jason justin charles moders me Lee, William, Brandon, Ethan, Stephen, Nick, and Kelvin. I think that's the most I've messed up in that's, recent. That's memory. one of the worst performances of all time. That's of all time. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. So uh, you're welcome, and I apologize, uh, elite trainer patrons. <laughs> please, please keep it more difficult. We should like we should randomize the names every week. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you so so much to all those trainers for helping us keep the digital lights on. And if monetary support's not your gig, you can, of course, leave us a review on any listening platform that offers review infrastructure. Please, please, please. It helps us out immensely in ways I cannot quite describe, not only because I don't understand how all of these services work entirely, but because, uh, I don't know, it's just what I've always said. <laughs> That's, is that good enough? That's good enough. Yeah, I think it's good yeah, enough. It's good enough. Uh, Mr. Kyle, speaking of good enough, the last thing we got to do here is set some goals. Uh, so what are you looking to accomplish this week? All right. So it's going to come as a surprise for some people and not a surprise for most. I want to finish my fairy badge for the platinum. I'm about a hundred away because apparently I just oh don't gosh. catch fairies. <laughs> no. It is the only one that's not platinum. <laughs> you just like shiny check them. Like, ah, oh, that's a regular. Yeah, I don't fairy. like I'm most good. of the fairies. I don't care. <laughs> you just like never catch a Jigglypuff in your life. No, I don't. <laughs> 
No, I got like five shinies, and I'm like, please stop, please stop. <laughs> yeah, I've got like I don't know sixty thousand catches, sixty five thousand catches, and I don't have the fairy badge. None of them are fairy. It's like it's like you're a specialty trainer, except it's you're, you're you avoid one type instead of spe- yeah. <laughs> All right, what else? I'm going to try for a shiny Zekrom. See if I have any better luck than Reshiram. Probably not. It's bane of my existence. Okay. I finally finished the my last Gengar that I use regularly to best buddy. So it's time to start another one very slowly. Uh, I'm going to start working on my Hondo Chandelure, one of them Ooh. at least. And I also need to come up with a nickname for it. Oh. I have two of them, so I need to come up with a nickname. That's that's kind of like a dual goal because it's too easy to be by itself. Okay. All right. I agree. Uh, I'm interested to see what you come up with next week. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I want to walk 50 kilometers. I'm already at 10, and it's Tuesday, so it might be doable. Uh, one shiny. It could be anything. It could be a repeat shiny or a new one. My fingers are crossed for Dedene, um, but <laughs> I, I haven't had a lot of luck as of yet. But they are pretty common in the wild, which is sweet. I got the Dene raid right here. Want to do it? Yeah, invite me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, I want to hatch 50 eggs, mostly because I'm already walking, so I know I'm going to be hatching. Not that there's anything really exciting in eggs right now. I'm just going to be hatching. 7Ks if I have to. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, and that's the end of the show. Thank you so, so much, dear listener, for listening all the way through. We appreciate you so, so much, and uh, we'll see you all in the next episode, 222. Oh, last thing really quick. We did also put out our first bonus episode. It's part one of two parts for the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet games. Uh, the first episode was spoiler free. And then part two is going to be spoiler filled. Is that it? Yep. That's I think the appropriate yep. inverse of that. Yep. These um, are bonus episodes and uh, yep. Please, please enjoy them and give us some feedback. We'd appreciate it. Uh, and sooner than later, I believe in March, we're going to start making um, most, if not all of our bonus episodes, patron exclusive content. We're really excited about some things we've got cooking. And so these are some uh, great free examples of what those look like and um, and keeping in the, the pattern of what we've done for the previous main series games releases. But I think with that, that's actually it. So thanks so much for listening. See you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.